Welcome to Slice of Life. Because a bite was not enough, you've listened to Brenda's Bites for years, and now Brenda is expanding her show to include lifestyle happenings from around the region. Now here's your host, Brenda Alacy. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to yet another live edition of Slice of Life right here on your Saturday morning. Hope your weekend is off to a good start, and as always, we appreciate the opportunity to talk to you about all sorts of things, all sorts of happenings throughout Western New York. And our show this week uh, is uh, is a little bit different because, you know, the first segment will be about something obviously uh, quite serious, about what happens at Niagara Hospice. And I so respect what the folks at Niagara Hospice do in helping people who uh, find themselves in a difficult situation uh, as they face illnesses and uh, their families who are along for their journey also need help and care. And we're going to get into that, what triggers that process, what can people do to get help, who should they turn to. Liam O. Mahani will join us in just a moment from Niagara Hospice. And then in our second segment today, we'll switch gears and talk about uh, the restaurant industry with uh, one of the co-owners of one of the best uh, taverns and restaurants, one of my favorites, right in the heart of Williamsville. Uh, Ellie Grenauer is the co-owner of the Glen Park Tavern, truly a venerable uh, restaurant right on Main Street in Williamsville. And we'll talk about how COVID has affected her business, the upcoming Easter season, uh, what people can do if they don't want to cook for the holiday, and other uh, other information related to the always changing restaurant world. But first, it's a pleasure to welcome back to Slice of Life, Liam O. Mahani. He is the Director of Communications for Niagara Hospice. Liam, good morning. Good morning, Brenda. Thanks for having me. It's always great to have you on air with us. And it's such an important topic, Liam, a, a difficult topic to be sure. But um, from personal experience, I can tell you that uh, when I had a family member who was terminally ill, uh, the, the hospice that we used here in Erie County was absolutely invaluable, Buffalo Hospice. And Niagara Hospice is based in Niagara County. And when somebody is ill or in a situation where they feel like it may be, uh, that person may be unable to recover, is that when they should call your, your service, your agency? Correct. When there's a series of signs that people can, family members and uh, caregivers and loved ones can look for with any late-stage illness and with comorbidities, uh, could be a loss of appetite, shortness of breath. Are, are they falling more often? Do they need more assistance with daily living activities? So if there's like one, more than one of these signs, it can be a great time to call our, our, our director of admissions for referrals and evaluation. And I do want to point out that... Uh uh, your director of admissions, Jane James, will be on with us next Saturday. Look forward to speaking with her about more specifics about the process itself. Um, right. Liam, when when we talk about um, Niagara Hospice, uh, I mentioned that I had a family member in the Buffalo Hospice several years ago. And Niagara Hospice encompasses what geographic area? We, uh, yes, our organization cares for all Niagara County residents, and it's a um, adults with any type of late stage illness, eighteen or older. So we have um, our care is in, in the home primarily and also in some of our skilled nursing facility partnerships and also at our hospice house in Lockport. But it is uh, any Niagara County resident. Each county in New York State has uh, one hospice. Ah, okay. I didn't realize it. So anybody in Niagara County, no matter what, what corner of the county you live in, exactly. uh, should be able to call you. 
So um, there are certain, I'm sure, eligibility requirements for patients to receive hospice care. Liam, can you run down those uh, those options, those eligibility options? Yes. The um, the, the main thing is the diagnosis uh, of the illness, should it run its course, is uh, six months or less, and Medicare is the major reimbursement. So uh, anytime a doctor determines that the patient's uh, illness has a six-month prognosis, that's the uh, ideal time to get the most care and support. And uh, as I mentioned, any resident of Niagara County or if they're living with a family member in Niagara County, our team will come to them. And, yeah, it's just uh, the only other thing is uh, if someone's a Medicaid-only recipient, they can actually get a longer um, term of care with New York State's regulation. They can get up to 12 months. But for the most part, it's a six-month prognosis, and a resident of Niagara County over age 18, that's who we care for, the, the patient and the family. You know, we should point out, in case someone is not familiar with what hospice does, um, you have excellent information on your website, Liam, but, but it's a collaboration, isn't it? It's doctors, pharmacists, nurses, social workers, counselors, aides, and you certainly have um, a dedicated core of volunteers who all collaborate to bring comfort and dignity uh, to that person's uh, end of life uh, and help their families, of course, during such a challenging time. It's truly a team effort, isn't it? It is, yeah. The, um, the team collaborates and customizes the care plan for every patient and family needs, and there's different levels of needs and caregiver guidance in different family situations. So as you mentioned, all of our different professionals in those departments, they um, come to meet and address the challenges and the counselors are available for any spiritual needs the social workers are there to guide through the uh, paperwork and uh, the emotional challenges the symptom management is the big thing with the nurses and uh, the aides and just preparing that daily activity plan that they need uh, to manage the pain and symptoms and then uh, of course our bereavement department uh, will be in touch with the family for up to 13 months after um, the patient's death so it uh, comes down to the symptom management for the patient and the comprehensive guidance and caregiver relief for everybody else involved. You know, frankly, Liam, I don't know what we would have done without hospice care for our family member. And afterwards, the fact that there was more than a year's worth of bereavement counseling available uh, was, was so crucial for all of us to try to, you know, wrap our heads around what happened. Um, that is such a key thing. Will, will people take advantage of that, Liam? Do you find that a lot of the folks who come through your system do indeed say, yes, I need, I need help in the grief process? Yeah, many families do, and it, it, it depends uh, how long they need the support. But our, our, spiritual, our, excuse me, our bereavement department has been doing uh, virtual calls and one-on-one sessions now and during COVID. So they've, they've tried to expand the forum since we can't have the uh, in-person meetings, so they started a Facebook group, and family members can uh, post things, questions. So it's a dialogue that the, the staff and the counselors engage in to really keep uh, supporting them and discussing their needs. So it's an ongoing thing. And, yeah, we do have a, a large percentage of the families that will um, take that care for the year. And tell me, uh, where is care provided, especially now uh, with the pandemic? How has it impacted where the actual care for the patient and their families is provided? Yeah, we still had a pretty even balance. Um, so about two-thirds of all of our patients are in the, the, their home or the family or caregiver home. And then our partnership, we have uh, in Northgate, we have a, a hospice unit in North Tonawanda, and then we have one at the Niagara Falls Memorial Medical Center in Niagara Falls. 
so we are able to cover the, the large areas of Niagara County. And then we also have our, our, our residential site, uh, the Hospice House in Lockport on our administrative campus. That has um, residential and also general inpatient, which is uh, for short-term symptom management. So our inpatient unit is basically five days or less. You try to stabilize the patient, address the symptoms, and then uh, have a discharge plan to get them back home. So, yeah, it is mostly in the home and all over Niagara County, and then we have other partnerships with uh, other skilled nursing facilities, and sometimes it's in the hospital as well. Right. I, yeah, it's amazing that uh, there are so many different ways that you can help people, especially, you know, home care. And you talked about the technology, how people have had to adapt uh, during this pandemic as if life isn't difficult enough uh, when you're dealing with a family member with terminal illness. Now you, you add, factor in the uh, a pandemic and everything that that brings. And you mentioned about the, the Facebook and thank goodness for technology, Liam. Uh, for people to be able to communicate through social media and other outlets. What other ways um, has technology helped the care team at your place? Yes, we have been able to uh, pursue more telehealth. And when the COVID um, pandemic started, we actually had received a grant from the Mother Cabrini Foundation in New York City. And so we were able to launch the telehealth. So the home care team is able to uh, use that. They have the tablets and the software and some of these medical monitoring kits that can provide uh, real-time data and it helps expedite the response if there's a need for the patient or family. So the telehealth and the tablets have really helped, and obviously with limiting and social distancing, that they've been able to continue the high level of support and communication uh, with the uh, with the tablets. So that's been a big help during this year. We're talking to Liam Almahani, who is the Director of Communications for Niagara Hospice, And if you'd like to join us, the number to call is 716-803-1520, And Liam, you know, I often think about this. Some 10, 20 years ago, the technology has evolved so quickly. Can you imagine navigating this pandemic without it? (laughs) Just no matter, you know, whether it's work-related or even uh, in your personal life. Thank goodness for the technology uh, during the pandemic. It is amazing how the video software options have been able to pick up the slack for all this isolation and distancing. It truly is. Yes, yes. And I think, you know, I imagine when you talk to your team, you're, there's, a, as we mentioned, a collaboration of different disciplines that work in concert with each other. You must hear about the stress on your staff, too. How difficult has it been for your staff to, uh, to navigate this pandemic during their work life? Yeah, it took some adapt, adapting uh, early on in the spring and when the limitations were put in place. But the, uh, with all the PPE that we, we, were getting, we received through donations, we received uh, organizations for grants and volunteers are making masks. So we, the staff and the home care team was able to have all the proper equipment. And then when the tablets came on board, that really helped. And they had to assess if families didn't need as many visits due to the uh, distancing. But the staff really um, was able to adjust uh, pretty quickly last spring, and they've continued to carry through this whole year and been able to maintain their their care and the, the caseloads. Um, even, it just means they're not in the office as much, and they're able to do everything a lot in, in the field and at the home care visits. That's great that they've been able to adapt. I guess we had no choice. Uh, yeah. As I sit here broadcasting from my kitchen table in Williamsville, you know, we've all right. adjusted in one way or another. Um, so how can people best learn about the services and eligibility of Niagara Hospice? 
Yeah, our website has a lot of great information for caregivers and some of the symptoms we've talked about, niagarahospice.org. Uh, and uh, the easiest number for any questions or referral uh, is uh, 716 Hospice. That's 716 Hospice or 439-4417. And then our, um, our director of admissions, who you're speaking with next week, the admissions nurses, they will get back to the family or the, the loved one right away, and um, they will follow up that day. And the website is niagarahospice.org, and I must say it's very well done. And you have different uh, areas of interest for patients, for families, for donors, and there's information on here, whether it's blogs or uh, phone numbers or background information, even um, saluting Women's, uh, Women's Month, which is uh, terrific because obviously when you think about uh, people who care for others, I often think mostly about women who are in that caregiver position. And speaking of positions, Liam, how would somebody, you know, if they were interested in being employed at Niagara Hospice and doing this type of, you know, outstanding, compassionate work, how would they learn about career opportunities at your place? Yes, we do have several openings right now. Our, our care team is growing, and we're looking for experienced, empathetic, uh, compassionate uh, professionals. We have several RN case managers positions open. Uh, for home care, we have a position for a nurse in the hospice house in Lockport. And another uh, big part of the team is the home health aides. We really need uh, certified home health aides for hospice house and also home care in Niagara County. And our career uh, opportunities are at niagarahospice.org slash careers. That's niagarahospice.org slash careers. And our team is really looking for some great people to join and be part of that uh, family journey that helps maximize quality of life and helps them uh, enjoy their precious time uh, with their loved one. You know, it's uh, it really takes a special person to work at uh, a place like Niagara Hospice. Uh, Liam, it's it's got to be difficult when you're, you know, you're up against a lot of different job openings right now. I talk to people all the time who are recruiting for employees, qualified candidates to fill spots. And, uh, you know, whether you want to serve coffee out of a window or, or work in retail or uh, that's one thing. Those are the types of jobs that you pretty much don't have to take home with you. But it takes a special person to work at a place like Niagara Hospice, wouldn't you say? It really does. Uh, they're always uh, you're always on in a, in a way. You know, you're always probably thinking about your patients and families, and you're really committed to the uh, the mission and the providing the best care at the right place and the right time. And it's um, it's a dedicated staff, and they're very passionate. We have people that have been there a long time, and they. They become angels to the families in Niagara County. No doubt about it. Now, you can't run a facility like this without, uh, without support. And if somebody wanted to make a donation or help with fundraising, how can you support the organization? Yeah, we do have a giving page on our, our main homepage at niagarahospice.org. We had just completed our uh, annual spring bouquet sale, and which was very good. Even with some with fewer locations, the community really rallied, and our events department was able to raise a great amount. We have uh, some special events coming up. Uh, this week we'll be announcing our, the date for our annual Grand Fondo bike ride event in uh, midsummer. That's going to be great to have that back after a virtual version last year. And then also the Mighty Niagara Half Marathon registration is open. It's a Saturday, October 2nd. So all these events are on our, our website at niagarahospice.org. And we always appreciate the community through their various fundraisers and participation in these events that really help supplement uh, the care and some of the, some of the services that aren't covered by insurance or Medicare. These, are, these funds really help with supplemental things to help fulfill wishes and needs. 
And there's nothing like uh, sharing experiences with families who've been through a difficult time, uh, like folks who, who rely on uh, the wonderful work done at Niagara Hospice. I can't uh, stress enough how important it is to go to the website at niagarahospice.org. Very well organized. Everything is right there at your fingertips. Liam O'Mahony. Director of Communications for Niagara Hospice. As always, Liam, it's a wonderful um, it's wonderful to have you on the show. It's wonderful for what you folks do in Niagara County, and we really appreciate your input. Thanks so much. Thank you, Brenda. Have a great weekend. You too. Well, that'll put, their, put a wrap on the first segment of Slice of Life, but much more to come. We're going to talk food, a little food for thought for sure, coming up with Glen Park Tavern co-owner Ellie Grenauer right after this quick break. Thanks for tuning in to Slice of Life. Now back to your hostess with the mostess, Brenda Alacy. And thanks to Jim Stelliano back at the station taking care of all the controls. And uh, week in and week out, we couldn't do the show without Jim. Tip of the chef's hat. And speaking of food, let's talk to Ellie Grenauer. Ellie is the co-owner of the venerable Glen Park Tavern, uh, a, a landmark restaurant really in Williamsville right on Main Street. And Ellie, good morning. Welcome back. Good morning, Brenda. Nice to have you with us. Uh, what's the current situation with restaurants? Can you have uh, 75% uh, capacity now? It seems like every time you turn around, there's a new rule. What's the latest? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how we feel. Um, yeah, now we're at 75% capacity, but for most restaurants, that doesn't do much good. It's kind of funny because the customers come in and they're like, oh, that's so great. You can go to 75%. So, but we really can't because we have to maintain that six-foot distance. Right. Um, and, unless you went out and purchased barriers to put in between your tables, um, which a lot of places have not. So the 75% doesn't help at all. We still are at 50%. And have you found that people are more than willing to come back into the restaurant, especially if they've been vaccinated? Oh, yes, definitely. The consumer confidence is up. Um, and it's weird because, you know, a, a big dilemma in the restaurant business has always been, oh, how do you fill that time between lunch and dinner, like that two to four slot? Mm-hmm. And with COVID, one of the positive thing, things that have come out is that people tend to go out all day long. So lunch is spread out. Um, so a lot of restaurants are filling that downtime between two and four because customers are like well why do we have to go in the middle of the rush why don't we just go in the in the afternoon or they're working working from home so they have a little more flexibility on their you know when they want to eat lunch or dinner or dinner <laughs> yeah right that is such an interesting point ellie because it's true i you know i think our routines have been so disrupted and now having worked from home myself for an entire year uh, there is no sort of boundaries. Well, I'm going to eat lunch between one and two or whatever. It's it's you kind of do what you want and make your own schedule, which certainly has its pros and cons. Um, but that's yeah. that's nice to hear that there's some positive uh, outcome to this and that you can fill that, that sort of dead spot. The other thing that I thought um, was interesting, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, too, was uh, the, the uh, mandate that came down about having to order food with alcohol has been lifted. Can you explain how that worked and uh, how they can help you now that you don't have that mandatory tie-in? Uh, as far as I know, that has not been lifted. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it had been lifted in the latest. Again, it does <laughs> reflect my confusion, well, I guess. I mean, about it, things change so quickly um, that it, it's, uh, it may have been and I missed it. But as far as I know, you know, we've been working hard to try and get that lifted because it really doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. Um, so I hope it has been lifted. But as far as I know, it has not. Like yeah, he's, he's I, still holding strong on that one. <laughs> right, right. So many rules he, to abide by. It's unbelievable. But you know, the the life goes on, and uh, and before you know it, it'll be Easter Sunday, Sunday on April fourth. Are you still yeah. doing Easter takeout at the Glen Park Tavern? We are. So um, just because of staffing concerns, we are doing takeout only on Easter Sunday. So, um, you know, we're not doing sit, we're not allowing people inside to dine in, but we are doing takeout. Last year it was very popular. Um, and we stuck with, you know, our good old favorites, the hand carved roast beef, the hand carved turkey. We added ham. Um, you know, Todd does a wonderful job. He makes stuffed shells and, um, you know, mashed potatoes and stuffing. And it's just a really good family meal. Now, when somebody would uh, order takeout for Easter, would it, can they customize what they'd like if they want to mix a little bit of stuffed shells with their turkey, uh, or is it preset? Yeah, no. So we offer, you know, the three different proteins plus the fish, usually salmon, and then, you know, the sides that come with it. So, yes, yeah, you can mix and match, and we're doing family meals, and then we're also doing just individual meals, which is really what was popular last year. It's just, a, you know, individual meals. And it was kind of fun because people be having company, you know, close family over, and some people like ham and some people don't. You know, right. so they got to order, you know, what everyone enjoys. Yeah, I guess that's a positive as well, Elliot. You know, you try to make uh, lemonade out of lemons here with this situation now that we're a year into it. And I would say that the hospitality industry uh, has been the hardest hit. Do you agree? Whether it's, you know, restaurants or hotels, even airlines for that matter? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it's the first thing to go, right? Because yes, um, it's not, well, it's a necessity in some of our minds, but... It's not seen <laughs> as a necessity. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been very um, badly hurt. And I think also there was a lot of information coming from a variety of sources saying, you know, indoor dining is where you catch it. Um, and I don't, I don't believe that's accurate. Um, I haven't seen the numbers that can prove that to me, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, well, and that's part of the challenge. Yeah, and especially when you're, you know, following all the rules and really, I mean, my staff has been great, you know. Yes, yes. And, you know, we've talked in the past, of course, Ellie, and and you've mentioned to me how your staff isn't just uh, a revolving door. You've had folks there that have made a career out of uh, working at the Glen Park Tavern. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, my head chef literally came with the building. (laughs) You know, when we we took over the... the, um, Glen Park Tavern, he was a line cook, and um, he worked his way up, and he does a phenomenal job. So he literally came with the building. <laughs> <laughs> That's some staying power. Yeah, I'm glad you weren't referring to the uh, 1800s building. Not quite that far yeah, back, but <laughs> <laughs> no, the, 
the 22-year-old part there of the go. building. There we go. I'm glad you clarified. I'm sure he is, too. Uh, <laughs> Ellie, uh, tell us a little about uh, upcoming plans. Of course, no one can predict uh, what's happening necessarily with uh, the pandemic. But uh, one of your signature events, of course, is Oktoberfest. Do you still uh, have plans to continue with that? We are. We're moving forward right now in the planning um, in a stage of it, hoping we'll be able to do it. It's going to be September 17th and 18th um, on Island Park. You know, it really depends on what happens, Brenda. You know, if we still have to have food with alcohol, if we still have to have social distancing, uh, it's not going to be a very fun event. <laughs> so It kind of takes all the fun out of it for sure. But but um, again, it's good to know that you're planning it, and hopefully by that time we'll be uh, in a much better place. I, I think there's some light at the end of the tunnel. Ellie Grenauer, yeah, co-owner. Yes, I'm glad right. you feel a, a little optimistic about it as well. Ellie Grenauer is the co-owner of the Glen Park Tavern, 5507 Main Street near South Cayuga in Williamsville, and a friend of the show. We really appreciate you taking time. Ellie, best of luck as we continue to get through these unusual times. Oh. Thanks, Brenda. Enjoy your Saturday. Yes, indeed. Good to see the sun. And that'll put a wrap on this edition. Yes, that'll put a wrap on this edition of Slice of Life. As always, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week when we carve out a new show. Thanks for listening. Brenda will be back next Slice of Life on ESPN 1520.